This August will rock as Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville. This annual convention brings together rock artists, fans, and podcasters for an unforgettable rock experience. Meet Billy Sheehan, Ron Keel, Ricky Rackman, Mark Goodman, Matt Pinfield, Don Jameson of That Metal Show, drum legends Carmine Apice and Vinny Apice, along with current and former members of Winger, LA Guns, Except, Roxy Blue, and more. Panels, signing sessions, and vinyl and memorabilia vendors, all available to you at Rockin' Pod. Music podcasters from all over North America will be appearing on-site for live interviews, networking, and speaking sessions. Got a music podcast? Register and join us. Rockin' Pod Weekend kicks off with a pre-party concert featuring former Tesla guitarist Tommy Skio and his new band Resist and Bite. Plus, Ron Keel Acoustic, Rock United, and a rare hair set featuring many surprise guests. This is the Growing Up Rock Podcast with your hosts, Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney. Now, crank it up. Can you feel the love? Can you feel her passion? Can you hear a voice crying out tonight because no? Sonny, we're back from Rock and Pod, even though this episode is releasing sometime around the next couple of weeks. I wanted to get our fresh takes coming back from Nashville and how we felt the fourth Rock and Pod Expo went because we've been to every one since its uh, formation, right? Yeah, this one was tricky, right? Because it uh, was supposed to happen in 2020. It got postponed. We didn't know if we could make it. You know, my son started law school. I didn't know what the timing was going to be of all that. And, you know, we had a couple of graduations here out of high school and out of college also uh, with a couple of other people in the house. So I wanted to make sure that we could actually make it. And I was glad we could make it because I- I'll tell you, I had a great time. And Nicole went with me this time. And oh my God, she had an amazing time. She was very surprised how fun it was. Yeah, I think my biggest surprise was because we all had our wives. So obviously Jen's been with me at all the other ones, but she came this time, but this year she actually had somebody to hang out with in Nicole and then Steve Wright from Potter and Hell's wife, Corey. 
actually made the trip for the first time. And my biggest surprise is I think that all the ladies really had a great time. I know that both Corey and uh, Jen were talking about how much fun they had hanging out with everybody else. So uh, I think that was definitely a bonus for us. Yeah, I think Nicole had, you know, it was similar to what happened with Monsters of Rock. She had a thing in her head about what these type of things are. She's never been to anything like this, so she doesn't really know what it's like. And then when it comes down to it, because I think she thought like Monsters of Rock Cruise was just like one big people getting together whenever they want, you know, no clothes on, no tops on. It's like <laughs> fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. It's a bunch of 50 year olds listening to music and going to shows. That's all it is. So, you know, and especially when it has the label rock on it and she's not, you know, she's not a rocker. So right. uh, she just kind of goes back to, well, what equals 1988? 1990 rock and we all know rock ain't like that no more hi this is al pacino and you are listening to the sweet and sultry steven michael and sunny hollywood Pune on the growing up rock podcast i just shit my pants i think for the first time since its existence in rock and pod growing up rock came to the expo really in a much different way. So we participated in the first three rockin' pods, really the second and the third one. We were there for the first time at Rockin' Pod, the original Rockin' Pod, but not really as participators. So when we came into Rockin' Pod 4, we were purely spectators. We went to hang out with friends and to make connections and do a little networking and talk to people. And I have to admit, this was the first time where I was really able to just fully take in rock and pod and enjoy it and not have a schedule of any kind. And I really enjoyed it. I mean, I had a fantastic weekend just hanging out and flying by the seat of our pants. Yeah. I think uh, the first rock and pod, you know, it was smaller. And we were new to it. We didn't really have a table. I, I had a table with Podcast Rock City, but there was not a lot of hustle and bustle going on. It was hard to get food. I remember that because there was really no food around. Right. Um, the second Rock and Pod, I did the red eye there, so I hadn't slept in 24 hours. So it was a blur. And then my partner here signed us up for 36 interviews. So it was interview after interview after interview. <laughs> the third one was probably a little more chill for me because everything was happening in that big room. We had learned our lesson about we're not going to interview everybody here today. Yeah. And we had part participating and then part kind of spectating. Right. So I think we got a feel for, okay, if we didn't get a table, could we still have a good time? Yeah. And it worked out that way. What's interesting to me, and you know, I've been talking to a few people about this, you have the NAMs of the world that are really for music merchants. And then you have the Kiss Expos of the world that are really for the fans. And what Chris is trying to do here is trying to meld the two. So there is a lot going on, right? Because yeah, I guess we're a podcast merchant, but we're also a music fan. So we want to experience both things, but you really can't because if you sign up for the one thing, you're so busy, you can't do the other thing. And it's so big now. It's bigger every year. He probably needs to look at two days. I know that's kind of a pain in the ass. One day's enough, but you know, we had education tracks happening on the second floor. Mm -hmm. We got to make one, but we made it really as a spectator that happens to be a merchant that's up there. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, if we were in that room, there's no way we make any of those things up there. Right. Yeah. Definitely. You could see the growth 
from one year to the next, to the next, to the next, even with the shutdown last year, the growth is unbelievable for rock and pod. And that's no bullshit. The crowds came earlier. The crowds were more steady this year. The crowds were spread out. So I always question, well, if they're spread out, am I really seeing an increase? And without a doubt, I can say, yeah, absolutely. There was an increase. You're getting podcasts, but you're also getting a lot of internet radio. And so I think, and I've said this from day one, I think it was a great idea to begin with. And I think that Chris is bringing it along. He's putting in a lot of work and kind of finding that niche and melding the worlds, just like you said, of music and rock and roll and collecting, you know, album collectors and paraphernalia collectors, just all this kind of stuff, along with bringing in bands and people that want to promote themselves. And I just, I think it's a really, not only a unique blend of things, but the growth potential is really incredible. Yeah. And I think, you know, he's going to have to have somebody help him out. Like it'll get too big to where it's, it's just too big to manage. I don't think that's a bad problem to have, right? He had this idea that's grown every year. You know, people would kill to have an idea that grows every year. Well, and I think that he really has done a lot of work in putting together a support staff that can help him with things, whether it's Joe D'Angelo or Pantheon Podcast or, you know, the ever-present Tracy, uh, who does an amazing job. I think Chris's biggest issue is probably going to be delegating some of the shit that he does currently that he's hands on with to other people, because otherwise he will go crazy. He'll stifle his own growth if he holds on to too much and doesn't delegate enough out, I guess is what I'm saying, right? Yeah. And I think there's some truth to that, first of all. And second, there's many people that would vote stifle the growth that you don't want it to be too big because you get out of your niche, right? So there's an argument to be had that, you know what, it should only be X big and it shouldn't be a four day convention 10 years from now. You know what I mean? So that sooner or later, okay, we've gotten too far out, bring it back in. This is supposed to be a, like a collective family kind of thing that kind of stays rock and roll only, which it still is. And they're doing a great job, but that's what, you know, happened with MTV. We talked about it, right? Sooner or later you start making money and it starts getting bigger and then everybody wants to get involved. It's like, hold on a second. That wasn't the intent. Yeah. <laughs> I think he can grow and still keep his niche for now. And it'll grow by the availability of names that yeah. become available to him, right? He'll get bigger and bigger names, bigger and bigger people wanting to participate. And that's how he'll grow it. Uh, and I think he can stay in, in that niche. And then little by little, he can expand the niche to include things like he's already done with the cosplay and, and just different things such as that, you know? The one thing I will say is that I personally, for me, I loved everything that happened in the third rock and pod where everything was in one place and you didn't have to leave the hotel if you didn't want to. That I kind of like. I miss that because it becomes a little bit of a chore, especially in Nashville with parking what it is. It becomes a little bit of a chore having to Uber from one place to another or this or that. And, and I understand the logistics of it also. I get it. Like, I understand why it was 
in a new place this time versus last time. I think the key for Chris is maybe finding that perfect venue, kind of like what the Indianapolis Kiss Expo, because I think they do it at the same place every year uh, whenever they have that uh, Indianapolis Kiss Expo. They found the perfect little place that has the perfect layout and the perfect, you know, they can have the concerts and they can have the room for signing and merchandising and the room for uh, vendors. And, and so they, they just have the perfect layout. I don't know if that existed nashville or not but yeah one thing that the having it all in one place buys you is it buys you back time mm -hmm. so you don't have to end at four or five because something's starting at seven and you need to get there right yeah it can last all the way to six ten, and it's six thirty x starts or seven o'clock x starts what would be interesting and you kind of mentioned the kiss expo you know this this podcast thing would fit with a kiss expo you could have the podcast thing one day mm -hmm. and the kiss expo the next mm -hmm. Right. And the two would meld well together. I don't know if all those parties know each other. I have no clue. I, you know, I, I'm not involved in all that, mm -hmm. but that's, that's something that you could connect yourself to. Right. Right. Cause we're not really, and I say we, because we're all family, but Chris doesn't really have an idea that he can go to podcast movement with and go connect with that organization because those people are so far past us. It's ridiculous. Right. right? So, and that's not really our niche anyway. Then you, all you get is a bunch of looky loos, but kiss fans on the other hand, is our niche. Hi, this is Gene Simmons from Kissed. And this is Sebastian Bach from The Bar. And I want to tell you that when you do podcasts, you are stupid for giving it away for free. You're supposed to make money, and that's why we're here. Are we here for the fans? Yes. The fans keep asking for it, and if they keep asking, I'm going to keep giving it to the fans. If you want to hear this commercial again... Go to kissonline.com, click on my cod piece, and your face will pop out, and you can hear it again for $49.95. Get it, Sebastian? Dude, I think it's cool. You're stupid. Go to kissonline.com. Yeah, and you know, Podcast Movement was actually in town the same week, right? And it's funny because I was talking to an editor friend of mine who is involved with Podcast Movement. And he said, wait a minute, you were in Nashville at the same time? I said, yeah. He goes, you went to Rock and Pod. So he's heard of Rock and Pod. I said, yes, I did. So there are people within that community that are aware and have heard of Rock and Pod. And actually, I think Chris probably, Chris is a very aware person. So I think he keeps his head in some of that stuff. How involved he is or how many contacts he has within all that, who knows? Only Chris can tell you that. But as always, Chris did an amazing job. I know he had a fantastic support to help him out, but everything seemed to run fairly smooth. It seemed to just be really seamless, and I had a great time. They had amazing guests this year. I don't know whether that is from Chris's hard work or whether it's from some of his sponsorships with Pantheon Podcast, or I don't know how that all laid out. All I know is that there were some amazing guests this year with people like Billy Sheehan and Greg Bissonette and the Carmine uh, piece and Vinia piece, and then the three MTV VJs thing I thought was a really big coup. I thought that that worked out really good for them. I mean, they just, they had a really large lineup of people for this expo that uh, I think is, is going to do wonders for the reputation of the whole thing. 
Yeah, I don't have any complaints about the piece at all. You know, I think there were some misses from the hotel side. Like they had that little thing set up where you could get a hot dog and a and a soda and a candy bar. Man, you set up a couple of those for beers. It takes all the pressure off the bar, uh-huh. right? And we hang out with a bunch of idiots that would down beers like it was going out of style if they could get them quick enough. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Yeah. Yeah, most definitely. <laughs> Hotels always miss the cue on the on the alcohol thing when one of these things is in town. They miss the cue when the Vinnie Vincent Expo thing happened yeah. in Atlanta. That hotel missed the cue on that. And part of it is right now, you know, I think a lot of places are struggling from staff issues where they just don't have the staff to do certain things. So that could have been part of it as well. But I think they missed certain places where they could have made more revenue. The hotel I'm speaking specifically of, but that has nothing to do with Chris Rock and Bob. That's just what it is. Uh, and so I'll make that note. But overall, I had a fantastic weekend. I think everybody I hung out with feels pretty much the same way. I would be remiss if uh, I didn't mention the fantastic Sonny Pooney and his ridiculous, should I call it an affinity for gambling? I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe it's an inf- affinity for gambling. So we've talked about it on the show many times. Sonny loves Vegas. Uh, he goes and he does his five card stud thing. Uh, and then he goes and plays cards. But that's a whole different story. But he's got mixes on Spotify for Vegas. He does all this thing. He lives in proximity of Vegas. So it's a quick plane flight for him from the West Coast. But along with his affinity for gambling, Sonny also likes to play the raffles. So Sonny likes to reduce or improve his odds with raffles. So instead of buying one raffle ticket, he'll just buy them all. That way he's assured he can win. So I think they had many raffles this year. And each year at Rock and Pop, the raffles have gotten better and better. I know that it was, uh, I think it was the year before last where I picked up a guitar from Chris in Nashville and took it to Indianapolis with me so that we could all take the guitar around and try to get as many autographs on it as possible. And I think everybody, myself, Julian Gill, you, a bunch of people participated in trying to get this thing autographed so that we could raffle this guitar off. That was at the third rocking pod. And we did that. But each year the raffles have gotten better. So this year, some of the sponsors that Chris was involved with got in the act and two of the raffle prizes one was um not a monsters of rock cruise but a cruise to the edge which was done by the same people that do monsters of rock cruise and then they had this monsters on the mountain happening in october this year in pigeon forge and my wife and I, we we already signed up to go. We already uh, got tickets and everything. So we're looking forward to that weekend getaway in Pigeon Forge. But they were giving away two pairs of passes to that weekend. And so Sonny bought a bunch of raffle tickets to all these different things. And damned if he didn't win. I, did you win? He won almost everything that was available. I think he missed out on the guitar and he missed out on. Yeah, one of the Monster Island things I missed out on. And I missed out on the drumhead. And the drum head. Steve Wright won the drum head outright? Yeah. Okay. I, I thought that was just something that maybe you won and gave to Steve Wright. But Steve Wright won a drum head that was signed by... Who was that signed by? Do you remember? I can't remember if it was Carmine Vinny or Resistant Bite. I can't remember now. 
I, no, I think it was actually Resist and Bite. I think you're right. Tommy Skia's new band, which we'll talk about here in a minute. So Steve Wright from the Potter and Hell podcast won the drumhead outright. We shipped that back to him. Sonny won both passes to Monster Mountain, which he promptly gave to Steve Wright. And Steve Wright's taken, I don't know, his whole podcast is going to Monsters on the Mountain. Uh, and then he wins Cruise to the Edge. Now, Sonny and I are both Monsters of Rock cruisers. We're going to enjoy Monsters of Rock. We've enjoyed it in the past. But this Cruise to the Edge is a whole different animal. Yes, it's a cruise, but it's with bands that neither Sonny nor I are really huge fans of. It's progressive rock. And when I say progressive rock, I'm not talking Rush here or yes it's more like i don't know marillion is one of the headlining bands uh the only thing that resembles even slightly rock in my eyes is king's x and then there's bands like well so there's a guitar player that's uh aldi miola is an amazing guitar player but he's old i mean he's he's been around for years and years and years but guitar players will know who aldi miola is he's he's fantastic so guys like him these progressive guys i'm trying to think of some other bands that are on the bill oh saga on the loose is the name of the tune that they had a hit with their canadian band saga so other than that, it's a bunch of bands I've never really heard of, but the bottom line is it's a cruise and it's happening in May of next year. So Sonny's like, I can't go on this cruise. And he hands it to Jen and, and I, and I'm like, I can't take this. Uh, it's a cruise. He goes, it's a cruise, but it's with a ba bunch of bands I hate. <laughs> so, so you go on and said, well, I don't know if I really like any of these bands, but it is a cruise. So sure, we'll go on it. So Sonny was nice enough to give this cruise to me and my wife, and we're going to accept that. And we're going to go on that in May. And we're excited about it because who doesn't want five days on a boat? That's what we live for. Those are our vacations. That's what we live for. So we're forever grateful for that. But the point is of this whole conversation is that Sonny's a gambler and he seems to win more than he loses. I don't know. And I guess if you're playing raffles, the tip here from Sonny Hollywood Pooney is to buy all the raffle tickets so that nobody else wins. You can do that. You got to know when to hold up. Know when to fold up. Know when to walk away. Know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough to count when the deal is done. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I win more than I lose. Anybody tells you they win more than they lose, they're lying to themselves. <laughs> yeah, I'm a gambler just by trade. I've definitely lost more than I've won. And, you know, then there's, there's things about if you get the opportunity to kind of, you know, if you don't want it and you want to give it to somebody, you know, it's just good faith and luck and comes back to you someday. But, uh, I only buy the raffle tickets really because I know that is supporting what Chris is doing. So that's really the only reason I go buy the raffle tickets. I probably bought about a hundred dollars worth total, Yeah, you know, and then they just kind of end up how they end up. And I don't know how many raffle tickets he sells. I have no clue. I don't want to know. <laughs> but whatever. I can tell you this. If Sonny bought a hundred bucks worth of raffle tickets, his winnings in that hundred bucks, when I did the math was roughly somewhere around the four grand mark. So there you go. A hundred buck investment gets you about four grand. He got rid of most of that four grand. So it got him, I don't know, a hundred grand in karma. I, I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to equate karma to money, but uh, I'm sure it'll come back to him, which is fantastic. So good on you, man. 
No, that was uh, that was fun. Hey, this is Tracy Morgan. I'm a black dude. You're listening to the sweet and sultry Stephen Michael and Sonny Hollywood Pooney on the Growing Up Rock podcast. This show is making me horny. That's crazy. Some of the live stuff we saw. So I didn't get to see a lot of the live stuff. Uh, I know that Billy and Greg did uh, Albums Unleashed. I haven't seen that, so I'm going to have to listen to that later because, like I said, there's a lot of stuff going on at this point. We did see the Steel City one. I thought that was great. Oh, my God, dude. The vocals, amazing. Roy is amazing. You know, he's dramatic when he sings, so that is what it is. You know, everybody's got to feel it the way they feel it. But, oh, my God, dude. I was, I got goosebumps just telling you. I thought his vocals were spot on. Roy is a pretty incredible singer. He's a powerful singer. He had to pull the mic 10 feet away from his vocals. Otherwise, he'd have blown that mic out. And so, yeah, absolutely. Roy Cathy from Cold Sweat and Steel City and The Fifth and a couple other things that he does. He's just a he's a really amazing singer. And Mike Flores from Steel City was worried about playing acoustic guitar. He did fine. The band sounded good. It was a good acoustic set for sure from them. Other live things. So that, what was that? It wasn't Rare Hair, was it? Is that the band that opened for Resistant Bite? Let's talk a little bit about Friday night. So Friday night, they had this pre-party concert thing at a rock venue in Nashville. And the first band was Greg Mangus band called Rock United. And they were a 70s cover band that played 70s rock tunes. And they were really good. Greg Mangus uh, is a local Nashville singer who does an amazing job. He can sing the phone book. And I thought that they were really, really good. At one point, they had Carmine Peace come out and do, um, what did he do? Did like hot legs with them, right? Yeah, but I think, uh, I don't think Greg sang those, right? Because they did hot legs and stayed with me with that uh, guy. That's the, I guess he's like a Rod Stewart tribute impersonator dude. That's right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, actually, you know what? I take that back. Greg Mangus did sing those tunes for Rock United, but then they had a Rod Stewart tribute guy come out on the rare hair and do some other stuff, but he did it without Carmine because Carmine and Vinny apparently got tired of hanging out backstage and left. And yeah. so they were supposed to hang around and they were going to do some blue murder and some more Rod Stewart. And they didn't end up doing it because I heard Carmine on another podcast. I think it was on the shouted out Loudcast, who said he didn't want to hang out till 12 o'clock in the morning. Cause he's, he's older and he didn't feel comfortable hanging out with a bunch of people without mask and things like that. Cause Carmine was pretty much masked up most of the expo. I heard the same thing. I can only imagine how many people are on that backstage because different people kept coming out, kept coming out. And, you know, if the listeners here have ever been to one of those type of shows, it's basically, you know, you got Tyson Leslie who can do anything. He's, you know, jack of all trades when it comes to instruments and singing and all that. And then he's bouncing guitar players and drummers and bass players and singers and keyboardists in and out, in and out. And, uh, you know, Izzy Presley's there introducing each next group. Can you imagine like you change out two or three, two or three, two or three, before you know it, you're only doing a song every like six or seven minutes, maybe 10, depending on how fast that goes. You blink, you've only done six songs in an hour and it gets to be long in the tooth after a while. Yeah. 
So the night was basically three bands. It was Rock United that was kicking everything off. Then it was Resist and Bite, which is Tommy Skio from Tesla's new band with Nathan Nutz on vocals. And then the last thing was this rare hair that Tyson Leslie runs that Sonny just told you about. And they bring in all these different players from different bands around Nashville and so on. I thought Rock United was great. Resist and Bite, it's really hard for me to like them. And the reason is I don't know any of the music. So they did one Tesla song, which was great because they did like a deep act, uh, deep cut, which was kind of cool. They may have done a couple of Tesla songs. I don't remember. I thought they sounded fine. I just don't know the music. Rare Hair, I thought, had bright spots here and there, but some of it is rough because these people don't rehearse every day. So it's more about just seeing all these different people come in and play uh, than it is about the actual performance. But uh, like I said, Billy Sheen and Greg Bissonette on the same stage playing for the first time. I really thought they were great, and I enjoyed that. Yeah, that's my take. What do you think of what you saw? Yeah, uh, Rock United, I thought was great. I love all those songs and, you know, I can really get into the seventies music, especially if you keep it to, uh, stuff that I recognize, which I thought they did a good job of. And, you know, Greg's great. And then Rare Hair, we talked about Resist and Bite. Okay. I thought they sounded great. I thought Nathan sounded great. Tommy looks like he's in good shape. Everybody's playing well, all those things. Here's my problem with bands like that, especially if one of the members is known for something else right now, if this is a local band right? Let's, let's say we're talking about restrained restrained are who they are. Yeah. They'll play a cover too, but those guys aren't known for some of their songs. Really. They know their stuff. So when you go to see them, you've maybe heard their album, you've heard some of their songs and you kind of get into it, but you know, they're not tied to some 80 songs that you absolutely have to hear. For me, I know that Tommy's connected to Tesla and I'm not saying he has to do a full Tesla set, but if you want me to get involved and you haven't released an album yet, the second or third song has to be a Tesla song because you got to give me an idea of how Nathan sounds because then you'll get me excited because I don't know when the next Tesla song is going to be. And I listen to another four five, six songs that possibly you have out there, but you can't make me wait for the Tesla song. Yeah. So honestly, after like the four song, like guys, I, I'm losing interest because I don't know you guys, guys sound great. Wonderful. When you have a CD, let me know. And then I went to the pool table. <laughs>
Yeah, makes sense. Hey, nonetheless, we had a great time hanging out and talking with uh, folks, and uh, we found a quiet place to talk while everything was going on, and uh, just had a good time laughing. Laughed. We laughed more that past weekend than I can ever remember. I mean, we laughed a lot. Please make sure you subscribe to our podcast, Growing Up Rock, and leave us a review on iTunes. Give us a like and leave us a comment on Facebook at Growing Up Rock. There was a trip to a fast food joint that we went through the drive through and it's just me, Steven, and Steve Wright. I will never go through a drive through with those two ever again. Yeah, I'd like to place an order. What'd you like? Yeah, I'd like uh, three orders of garlic chicken. And then? And then three orders of white rice. And then? And then... Three orders of uh, wonton soup. And then? Oh, uh, some fortune cookies, too. And then? Gosh, I think that's about it. And then? No, that's it. And then? No, and then. I, I, that's, that's all I want. And then? Uh, uh, no, no. See, all, all I want is the three orders of the garlic chicken and the three orders of the white rice. Uh, and then? And the soup, dude. Oh, and, and the wonton soup. And then? And the cookie's fortune. And the and the fortune cookies, yeah. So it's just the uh, it's the the chicken, the rice, the soup, and the fortune cookies, and that's it. And then, and then uh, you can put it in a brown paper bag and come put it in my hand because I'm ready to eat. And then, I, I refuse to play your Chinese food mind games. And then, no, no, and then. No 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 and then. No, no and then. Maybe piss me off, lady. And then I'm gonna come in there and I'm gonna put my foot in your ass if you say and then again. In our defense, it really had nothing to do with us. Okay, so let me lay this out for you folks, and you can decide whether Sonny is blaming the wrong people here. So just like Sonny said, it was myself, Steve Wright from Potter and Hell, and Sonny. And we were making a lunch run from the hotel because our ladies were hungry, and we were too. And the food at the hotel, they were, uh, the cafe was shut down. There wasn't a whole lot food wise. So there was a Jack in the box less than a mile away from the hotel. So we said, okay, look, we'll just breeze through the Jack in the box drive through and we'll get lunch and bring it back to the hotel and we're done. That's it. So we go to the drive through at the Jack in the box. First, we went to go in and of course the dining room is shut down. COVID, you know, it is what it is. The only the drive through was open. Okay, no problem. So we go through the drive through. We don't have Jack in the Boxes in Atlanta, so I'm not hugely familiar with the menu. I know they basically have everything. Steve Wright, he's not familiar with Jack in the Box either. They have Jack in the Boxes out in California, so he's a little bit more familiar. Either way, so we pull up. And I say, okay, they've got this new barbecue burger, double burger that they're advertising. They've got a big sign on the drive-thru. They've got a big sign on the side of the building. This is no shit. They got big signs. I said, okay, in the effort of time and ease, I'll take that combo meal. I'll take the number two barbecue burger combo meal. Guy says, we don't have that burger. 
that's a new burger coming out. We don't have it. Okay. The first thing that comes to mind is why the, why would you put that on your sign and on the side of the building? And it doesn't say coming soon. It says here, we have this. So why would you put that if you don't have it? So that screws up my plan. I'm forced to do something else. Steve Wright in the back's like, I'll take a milkshake. We don't have milkshakes. The milkshake machine's done. Sonny's like, oh my God. I'm like, Because he did it again. Because he goes, I'll take a milkshake. And the guy said again, we don't, it's down. And I thought he was going to say milkshake. Righty, don't you ask for a milkshake. The milkshake is down. Yeah. So anybody that's ever listened to our podcast of the Potter and Hell podcast, our friend Steve, yeah, sometimes he doesn't take no for an answer or it doesn't register in his brain. So he has to come up with something else. Uh, yeah. Love you, righty. But anyway, that's beside the point. They didn't have the burger they advertised. I ended up getting like some little tacos and burger and fries combo to take back. And the fries were cold and stale. The burger was meh and the tacos were probably the best thing about the whole thing, but I'm never eating at a jib again. So a uh, drive-thru is supposed to be fast food. I clocked it 27 minutes in the car with these two idiots trying to get hamburgers. Again, not us. Here's the other part you left out. We pulled up to the drive-thru window after we ordered and okay, the toothless lady answers the drive-thru window and she's a little bit new. I got it. She's a little bit new, but she goes, okay, here's your Cokes for the combo order. And so we take the Cokes and she closed the window and says, y'all have a good day or something like that. I'm like, uh, don't you owe us food or something? And we sit there with the door, with the window closed. And finally she comes back to the window about two or three minutes later and she goes, uh, was there something else? And I was like, yeah, the food we ordered to go with these Cokes. And she goes, oh yeah. Okay. And then she, she goes away for another five minutes. She comes back and tries to hand me two more Cokes that she basically already handed us. And I'm like, okay, we got the Cokes, but we need the food to go with the Cokes. And she goes, oh, you already got your Cokes? I'm like, yeah. She takes the Cokes back. <laughs> Goes away for another five or ten minutes. Finally comes back with the two bags of food. So uh, while you're blaming us, I'm not even sure because we had nothing to do with that trip. That trip was out of control based on Jack in the Box in Nashville. <laughs> Nicole asks, she goes, you guys okay? It's taking a while. I'm like, you're lucky these two guys are still alive. I was about to leave them there. I was just going to walk back. So apparently I need to get a Jack in the box hat, jump behind the counter and serve Sonny his food. Otherwise he's going to blame me for his Jack in the box trip. <laughs> and then the other show we saw was a comedy show on Saturday night, right? That was fantastic. That was a great time. So while they were in town, Craig Gast, Don Jamerson and Courtney Cronin Dold did a series of, of these comedy shows. Most of them were at this uh, it was called Wine Down Nashville, which was like this small kind of wine and tapas bar. Uh, it was really nice. Anyway, so we went to one of those shows on Saturday night, and that was a fantastic time because it was really small, really intimate. And the three of them, Craig Gass, Courtney, and Don Jameson, all really funny. And we had a blast. I mean, uh, we laughed pretty hard at that thing. So that was another bonus to that whole weekend. Just really enjoyable. And Righty had a problem there too. Can I get a beer? They said, we don't have beer here. Well, don't you have a bar? It's a wine bar, Righty. They don't have beer here. 
Apparently, uh, Steve Wright thought wind down Nashville was just a joker. Maybe he just figured if, if they got wine, they got beer. But they said, no, we don't serve your type here. And when Steve said, what type? The guy told him the dumb type. <laughs> wow. All right. I just made that shit up. I'm sorry, right? <laughs> but uh, no, so we missed a bunch of it because like I said, there was a lot of stuff going on. There was a comedy show on Sunday night, but we had left already. There was some acoustic things that were happening while we were at education tracks or while we were kind of hanging out or we went to the city. Uh, we went downtown a couple of times, had lunch, uh, walked around a little bit. So all in all, great time. Love Nashville. I don't have, you know, anything bad to say. I think, you know, I'm with you. I wish it was all in one room because I'm kind of that guy, but then it's so noisy for the podcasters to record. So it's probably a give and take there, but uh, I like that it's big. I like that it's a lot of people, a lot of friends, and a ton of laughs. I'm sorry. Now, just to interrupt you, my problem wasn't that it wasn't in all in one room. I like that it's all in one hotel. And I think that it's a good idea that they have the merchandising and stuff in one place and that they have the podcasters in another. My issue with that setup there was that the room that they had the podcasters in was just really, really too tight. It was too tight and too small. But when you saw what the hotel had to offer, there really was no other way to do it because there was too much memorabilia and too much albums and and so you had to have it that way that that had to stay in the big room which left you with one more room and it just was sort of a tiny room to have the podcasters and it was a little bit loud but i'll be honest i listened to some of the recap today from covers and fire and their audio came out pretty good i mean yes there's background noise but you're going to get that at, at anything like this so uh i thought it still sounded pretty good so and then the last thing i'll tell you you know, Nicole, my wife, I've, you know, I uh, definitely married up. So she turns heads anyway. But uh, because there was all this memorabilia there, I bought some kiss things that I didn't have. And she's like, oh, I'll carry them for you. And then I noticed she's carrying around these kiss trinkets and there's people looking at her. Like, <laughs> I think they were infatuated that a woman is buying kiss trinkets. And I'm like, everybody take a chill pill. It's my stuff. She's just carrying it. She does, she's not a huge kiss fan. Relax. <laughs> yeah, it was also good catching up face to face with some podcasters we hadn't met face to face. So the guys from the R4 podcast and um, Alex Alt from Slide Dog Music Cast was there. We finally had a chance to meet him face to face. And then a lot of our old friends that uh, we see at all the other rock and pods, ages of rock guys and Podcast Rock City, Kevin Williams and his new In Obscuria podcast and Cobras and Fires guys, you know, just everybody uh, that we normally get together with when they have this rock and pod thing, just a really good time. And a bunch of listeners, which is great, right? Some of these guys make the trek every year. Some were new to it and it was their first one and they want to meet some of the voices that they hear. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I just sound like how I sound because, you know, that is what it is. And somebody will say, wait, 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 wait a second. You're Sonny, right? Because I recognize your voice. I'm like, oh, I didn't know I had a recognizable voice. Right. So that, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Always fun to get that recognition and to see people and just a really, really cool event. Chris, you did another great job and, uh, I just, you know, I look forward to watching it continue to grow. Absolutely. So that's it. That's our take on rock and pod four. 
And uh, hopefully, if you haven't had a chance to attend, you will make it to Nashville in August of next year, because I'm sure they pretty much have it every August. And uh, you guys will be able to take in the weekend and uh, have as good of a time as we had. So there you go. This is Gene Simmons from KISS. You're listening to the Growing Up Rock Podcast, which is stealing from KISS. Don't ever do it again. Hey, this is Sebastian Bach. Turn it up! Everyone's got a rock and roll story to tell, and we want to hear yours. So go to our website at growinguprock.com. That's one word, G-R-O-W-I-N-U-P-R-O-C-K.com. Or visit us on our Facebook page at Growing Up Rock and tell us all about it. Hey, this is Paul Stanley, and this is Gene Simmons from KISS. And you're listening to the sweet and sultry Stephen Michael in Funny Hollywood Poonie. On the Growing Up Rock Podcast. Turn it up. You owe me 20 bucks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.